approved guest list of the ball. According to the Tuxedo Ball's founders, many of those on the list can trace success in their family roots to before the Civil War and are the sons and daughters of an American aristocracy that may be foreign to the daughters of the American Revolution. Over the past five years, I took those exits and many more. The people I found residing in those corners of American life became this book. This is not a book about my encounters on the roads to those corners, nor is it a book about my own personal experiences inside those cultural spheres. Rather, it is the story of the exits and the people who call them home. This idea to find and travel into corners of Americana was conceived on an actual corner, a street corner in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn. In September 1991, the community was just exiting the national media spotlight, after rebelling youths had turned their rage to the streets in August. I was commissioned to do a story on the community in the wake of the riots. A community activist suggested that I come to the corner if I wanted to hear truth from the voices of youth. The corner was a popular gathering spot for a group of young men, roughly ages 20 to 25, who grew up in the neighborhood. When I arrived, there were four men on the corner, which was a few feet away from a makeshift basketball hoop a milk crate that was nailed to a tree. The crate was used by a younger crowd that congregated there earlier in the day. Some of the young men, who come to the corner as the day approaches night, remember playing on a similar makeshift goal years ago. Initially, their eyes looked at my pen and pad with apprehension. However, their reserve withered with the early evening sunlight. Soon they talked and talked freely. The presence of an outsider... Even one recording their comments was not enough to quell the spontaneity, comfort, and freedom that they carried to the corner. As I listened, I became captivated by pieces of the conversation that would never fit into the story that I was contracted to do. I was assigned to look at the source of black rage in Crown Heights and how it crossed class lines. Yet I was becoming more transfixed by the street corner and its role in the lives of residents who seemed to consider it another home. Through the world they created on the corner, I could see their lives beyond a conflict that helped to superficially define them as young, black, and angry. I was on the corner for hours, listening and watching its hangers. They came in basketball jerseys, dress pants, t-shirts, designer jeans, and tennis shoes without laces. They were a diverse group, a Navy man just home for a break, a college student who was soon returning to Hampton University, a messenger, a community college student, and others. I would later learn that one had served time for burglary and was trying to become law-abiding. Sometimes they would speak with the values of the Cosby Show's Cliff Huxtable, or Father Knows Best. Often their language carried the street wit of menace to society and boys in the hood. Never did their view of the world possess the despair of Bigger Thomas or Claude Brown in Manchild in the Promised Land. They were not victims waiting for Jesse Jackson, Louis Farrakhan, or any leader to rescue them. Nor did they possess a blind optimism and belief in the purity of American meritocracy in the vein of Shelby Steele or Thomas Sowell. Their views of the world were harsh, masculine, and real. Still, that world encompassed a vitality that they created and controlled on this corner. What struck me most about the corner was the absence of racism as a topic of discussion, so soon after a major racial disturbance. 
Only my questions would turn the men's focus to the riots and issues of race. On this corner, race seemed to rarely take center stage. And when it did, it was merely another element fitting comfortably among others in conversation or debate. It could be easily shoved to the sidelines or thrown beyond the borders of the corner when attention spontaneously moved to something more interesting for the moment. Sports, women, family, careers, money, celebrities, music, goals, travel, or any number of other subjects. On the corner, I heard and saw pieces of the political and cultural diversity in African-American cultures that I knew existed through what I've seen all my life in social and professional encounters, but had rarely been seen in a substantial way in media and scholarly portraits of black America. This is not to ignore the valuable work of scholars like Elijah Anderson, whose A Place on the Corner looks closely and thoughtfully at the lives and inner worlds of a group of black men who congregate on a street corner.